0: What's up, so I know I haven't posted like vlogs or even a lot of podcasts lately Um, And I know this channel is still very small It's mostly just my friends, people I've worked with, colleagues, um, family And viewers like you who have just found me decided to hit subscribe So I wanted to put this episode out now, because hanging out with with the puppy, but uh, um, I think my vision of what I wanted has changed. I've talked to a lot of fighters, and <clears throat> it's hard to gain access to people for a long period of time that are very, ...media oriented... ...per se... ...so... ...I found myself... ...unable to always... ...really connect... ...with these guys... Um, ...which really sucks... ...I've had some great... ...amazing conversations... ...I've made friends... ...with a lot of big name fighters... ...because of this podcast... ...but... ...I need to stand by what I said... ...in episode one... ...that... Everyone has a fight, and I truly believe that everyone's story can help someone. So this story is about an amazing man who started a podcast called Autism Rocks and Rolls, and he is autistic. I uh, wasn't sure how it was going to go, but it went amazing. Um, he's an, a great dude, and the best part is it helped me understand some of my friends better. Um, I have a couple friends that are on the spectrum, and having this opportunity to sit down and speak with somebody openly, without worry about like offending them or you know crossing lines and all that shit, was amazing. So. We sat down, we had a conversation, and I learned a lot. And what I learned is that we all have a fight. We're all the same, you know. We all have the same insecurities. We all believe we're the most important person in the room when we walk in. That's not a AA alcoholics thing like we're taught. That's just human nature. We're all just trying to figure some things out. We all live inside of our heads. And I think it's conversations like this that, that really help me understand that nothing I do is original. Everybody's been through something. Everybody can help. And everybody has a story. So, I'm gonna continue my walk. But if you could, please hit the subscribe button it doesn't take more than less than a second. I promise not to spam you with a bunch of shit. Hit the subscribe button, hit the bell, and uh, leave a comment, it helps out in the algorithm. I'd like to see some of these videos get more air time because I feel like more people could actually benefit from these. So while I'm out in this beautiful little wooded area that we have by our living area are complex um i'm going to enjoy myself and i hope that you enjoy this episode with me and again hit subscribe every detail is going to be listed below where you can reach both of us links to autism rocks and rolls the podcast and much more so that's it for today guys and uh thanks for tuning in oh, yeah, just like that, we're, uh, we are good to go. So today we got Sam Mitchell on the podcast, everybody. And uh, this one's been exciting for me. Um, traditionally, we have a lot of fighters coming on or uh, people within the combat world. And I've been wanting to have more conversations with uh, like regular people, um, because I, I've learned we all have a fight. We all have something that we're struggling with and that we're trying to overcome. And we all have our own version of success and sam has been able to overcome quite a few things and i don't want to get into a story too much let him talk about it but um yeah so let's just kind of dive into it sam thanks for uh, for coming on and uh welcome to the show
1: no problem buddy good to be here
0: so uh i kind of just want to jump into it a little bit because um you you're also a podcaster um you have a you have a website and you do um like speeches and things like that and the thing that sets you apart from the, I don't want to say the traditional podcaster. Um, but you, you were given a special gift to where you actually have, um, autism. Um, and so your autism, um, podcast is, a uh, what was it called again? It's um, autism, rocks and rolls or.
1: Yep. You got it. You yep. nailed the title, buddy.
0: Yeah. And so I was checking out your website and, uh, it's, I love how you, you're able to kind of break it down to to understand um, kind of from an outside perspective how to actually look at autism. Um, so I was hoping that we could kind of dive into a little bit into maybe start at your childhood and kind of see where you had some difficulties that you weren't quite sure why you had them and kind of just uh, let's start talking about your story. Let's dive into it.
1: All right. Well, my story begins on July 21st, twenty two. Where I was diagnosed with autism, at first I saw it as a curse. I won't lie to you there. My family definitely believed in me no matter what I did. So I had a very supportive family from the beginning. And I'm still and always will be thankful for that. However, it was honestly a blessing in disguise. Because I thought differently. I was more creative outside of the box. I processed information very unusual than some others who would probably process the Algebra equation, but I just couldn't get past it. But it was still a blessing in disguise since I was a creator and thought outside of the box to where I started my own podcast and started early with autism, rocks and rolls.
0: Mm-hmm. So what, because I know. I'm trying to figure out how to word this, because I feel like um, one of my best friends, um, he's autistic. And he told me that pretty much like right away when we met and there was a lot of of friction between us. I was just in a really weird spot in my life where I was very aggressive. And uh, so kind of becoming friends with him, I I was forced to kind of learn, you know, to be a little bit more accepting on my end. Um, But he's never had an issue putting himself out there, you know, like actually being who he is, and saying how he feels, even if it's not politically correct or, you know, it may offend some people, that's who he is. And I feel like that's a that's a superpower, especially in the podcasting world. Do you feel like you've kind of used that to your advantage or have you had any like pushback um, when it comes to um, like maybe being able to see things differently?
1: Oh, I've had pushbacks. I mean, I can't do math. I mean, that was an example I said earlier, but There's a lot of creative parts to it. There's a lot of gifts, but whatever that might be, it might be. So maybe for me, it was podcasting. For the next guy, it could be music. I know I've had a former america has Got Talent contestant to give the last quiz on the show. you say? P.D. Pervasive Development Disorder Not Otherwise Specified. And from the time he was young, all he wanted to do was music. So that was his special interest and his special talent that got him interested. And you know where it led him? On a show that has 6 million views. Let's see. I can think of another, probably, person on the top of my head. It is. The, do, 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 do. There's someone else. Oh, Luis Maranucci. He is a scuba diver, and he does diving shows. Well, he gets to perform in front of the world and travel and tens and thousands of people. So you're telling me we're not successful because we were told like we're going to be in the bed and we're obsessing, which what I call practicing for future skills is not taking us anywhere. Uh, try again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. So I've throughout this podcast that I started, I started this a few years ago when uh, I was going through a lot of medical issues. Um, like I was being flown all over the country. I was barely able to walk. Um, they gave up and just diagnosed me with fibromyalgia and completely wrong um threw me on all these drugs and basically just said you know deal with it um that made me want now i have another idea with that that i really want to talk about <laughs> so in in the beginning um kind of when your parents or you or a doctor is saying that something isn't aligning correctly how what is that like to be the subject matter of other people's conversations you know because from from my perspective being the traditional dumb white guy you know like i've inherently made comments and conversations growing up like irresponsibly about people with autism and literally every other everything you know it's just that was unfortunately part of my upbringing And now growing up, I see that I was severely wrong and I missed out on so many opportunities to meet people and have amazing conversations. So is there any way that you can kind of expand on that a little bit to where you started going through the medical process of actually going through the diagnosing and then how that felt to be almost a subject matter? Because the medical system can make you feel like a number at times and you're just kind of pushed through like cattle.
1: Well, that'll be hard to. Set hard to explain since I was diagnosed at four and I've slept okay. since then, so kind of hard to remember at that day and age, but I can tell you more and more people getting diagnosed. We went from 1 in 49 to 1 in 29 children or people in the world getting diagnosed with the autism spectrum. So, Wait, what was that again? 1 in
0: one 29? In
1: tw- I think. It's wow. something like that. It's definitely more prevalent. We went from 1 in 45 to 1 in something.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I, I I think 29, you might have to look that up. Don't don't take my word on that one, but sure. it's around there. But I can tell you this, from a diet dy- young age, I didn't like loud noises, hated them. Every time you would be hearing fireworks on 4th of July, it's not like that now. I love Pyro and probably act like an idiot with it. But I would be playing We Play in the basement just so I can noise out the loud noise. I couldn't go to game show buzzer, game show buzzers, basketball games because of the loud buzzers. And I love going to wrestling shows. I'm a big pro wrestling fan. It's one of probably one of my special interests, okay. and studying the knowledge of it. But I love going to shows. But when that pyro went off, it was too loud for me. I didn't mind some pyro, but there were some that were way too loud. I literally go hide in the bathroom. Now, not crawl in there and play hide and seek. Right. Yeah. But I would, I'd sit in the stall and literally just wait it out until that pyro went off.
0: Kind of I like, kind of create like a safe space type thing.
1: Yeah. And the cool part was like, I knew I was happy because I've studied for so long. I'm like, oh, okay. He's probably going to come out because in wrestling, that's what they do. So I'm like, uh, mom, he's going to come out here in a minute. I can already tell. He has loud pyro. Let's hit the bathroom.
0: Really? So when you were going through, um, did you do traditional schooling, like going through like the public school system or what was that like for you?
1: Yeah, my schools like there was a lot of my friends who were in special ed and were in there full time mine was a little different mine was okay you would well it depends elementary it was the classroom like usual but middle school it was like i'd be in the inclusion classrooms where the teachers would come to me almost so like the teachers days they'd be in the classroom with you in order to help okay and my I still actually keep in touch. I probably wouldn't have survived middle school if it wasn't for her. I'll just give her a shout-out right now. She probably won't get care, but Miss White. Miss White was probably my lifesaver in middle school. Let's go, Miss was... White. <laughs> really? And um, I guess I'll shout-out to um, another one of my uh, high school teachers, Miss Reagan. Miss Reagan was a lifesaver in the high school because her – the is how I worked in the school was you would get the lesson, like you would take the notes, you would – do the labs, or you would do your own thing. But mm-hmm. you need that extra boost, like extra time on tests, listening to music while studying. Uh, you could chew on candy while while studying. Then and they would let that buy because you can't do that in a regular classroom, clearly, because you get in trouble.
0: Right.
1: But with that room in particular, that was just kind of like an extra boost. With with if you need a little bit of extra help, it wasn't like special needs classrooms where all right slowing down the process, permanently, taking a day at a time, and a story. This was like, okay, you could do the general, take the information. However, you just need a little push. Like, okay, maybe you need to be retaught a tiny bit more because I'm a very slow learner. I, when it comes to certain subjects, now English, I can go pretty fast. Thought I'd good, but math, uh-uh. you got it, It's going to take a little while and tests, Test, I'm very slow with, I have bad test anxiety.
0: Yeah, I uh, so I actually just finished my uh, undergrad. Um, so I'm in my late 30s and about five years ago, um, May 15th, um, I went to rehab. Uh, I had gotten involved in way too many uh, painkillers and I was partying and drinking a lot. And like my life was just kind of falling apart and I wanted to change. And so something that I really wanted to do was to try to see how far I could go, um, like in life, like how successful I could get while also trying to help people. And so the only way I could think of doing that was to go back to college. I had tried multiple times, never never succeeded. I had either dropped out or failed out every time. And uh, I finally decided, you know, maybe I should talk to somebody. And they're like, you are very ADHD, like horrible. like." very bad. And so um they gave me a double testing time and allowed me to go to a little separate room that was a, a, apart from everybody else so that way I didn't have distractions because for me if there's music going on I can't pay attention to two different things and whatever I'm supposed to be paying attention on falls to the backside to the background noise. So it's it's completely opposite of you but that took a lot of like putting my ego aside to be able to even decide that that was something that I was going to do because I felt like being different was a bad thing. And one of the things that I've always admired about every person that I've met with autism is they never view it that way. Um, I've never heard somebody really view it from from a negative standpoint. Is is that kind of the the case with you or do you see? Do you feel like there is some sort of negativity with it?
1: Well, I mean, I've had some days where I have had autism. I'm in the mix. So, most of the people, right, it's not viewed as a bad thing. I don't, Mm -hmm. but I don't view any condition as a bad thing just because I think there's a special talent, period. Whether it's Down syndrome, OCD, ADHD. And I relate with ADHD too, by the way, because I have that as well. I have to take Adderall for that. And Adderall is my lifesaver for ADHD, just FYI. Yep. Yep. Love, love that, love Adderall. (laughs) But anyway, um, the question you were asking about, I view it as bad. I mean, I don't for the majority of days, but, you know, the past still bites me in the butt where I still get kind of down, a little defensive because I have had people exclude me and stereotyping. And there are days where I think, man, everyone is against me, but I don't bring that upon my other people because, one, why do that when they can't do a damn thing about it? And two, it's none of their business.
0: Sure. So how do you feel like, uh, like relationships in general? Um, do you feel like you've been able to like lay down like the solid foundation for like some really good friendships and, you know, like lifelong relationships, or is that something that having autism kind of puts a wedge in between?
1: Um, it can't put a wedge. I mean, I have still have said stuff to my buddies and they've had to scratch their head, but I've, but they, if they're good people, they'll slide it off, and thankfully, I've had had some good people that slide it off. Now I'm not just talking about like my immediate family—my mother, father, grandparents. Sure. I'm talking about talking about talk, talking about people who are not blood, who are kind of became buddies. I turn it into blood, and I'm thankful for it, man. Because fifteen years ago, I would have never dreamt I would have had my amigos that I had today. Yeah. yeah. I would have thought. I would have been the kid in the basement playing video games because I assume, oh, hey, this guy can't do social relationships. His buddy's going to be Xbox 360. And if that's all they have, though, that's good. Because, look, I know video games are not our buddies sometimes. Technology is a real pain in the butt. But if their buddy is technology and that's the only buddy they have, so be it because, in my opinion, they need an escape, whether it's through a person or through an item
0: yeah yeah i feel like one of the biggest things that i learned in going through uh through rehab and doing like the 12-step program is you really need somebody else that's experienced what you've experienced or that at least has the mind open enough to be able to hear what you're saying and so you are right even if it's just having somebody across the world that you can talk to on xbox being able to have those conversations like those vulnerable conversations, you know, like, Hey, this is how I'm feeling type thing that can change your day to, to make it so much more positive. So there definitely should be no, no negative connotation on anybody and their relationships online or, or anything like that. Um, one thing that I've been super curious about is how you kind of pivoted into podcasting because you don't have like, you know, like my podcast is not large by any, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but yours is not small like you have a very good following um you have amazing information on your website you have great guests how talk kind of walk me through the process of like the the ideology of starting this thing up until now i believe you have an event coming up um or you just had uh, it or can yeah they... i
1: could talk about i can talk about that so real quick before i do
0: okay. i just
1: want to let you know um I don't have like alcoholism or I haven't had a been to addiction, but mm-hmm. I've had family members who have had to battle with alcoholism and I've seen the trouble. It comes with addiction. So if you have any questions with that, I mean, I'm just, I'm not trying to tell you like, Hey, let's shift the interview to that. Yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. telling you, if you, have, if you have any questions with that, give me a holler and I'll answer them. All but right. as far as your other question, uh, the podcast. So I'll just tell you from the start. So what happened was we have this little event called Riley dance marathon. And it goes to a lot of schools. My best friend's involved with it. And our school had one. And briley is a hospital where sick kids go almost. Like really ill kids, like who probably won't make it. They're they're on borrowed time. Okay. And I've always had respect for it because of just the things they're doing. And it's definitely a lot of history making. So I would for sure recommend going to one of those there come to your school. But in in my school, I saw these people come down with cameras, a couple of buddies who I Weren't very close to, but I knew were acquaintances of mine and a school board member. And I looked and I thought, well, what is this? So because I didn't have any guts at the time, I asked mom, could you talk to them and just see what they're doing? And they said, okay. So she did. The mentor said, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to definitely hop on. I think you'd be a good fit. Join next year, though, because you have a lot of projects. Totally chill with that. Fast forward to next year, I joined the first year. That's why I found the podcasting and loved it. It clicked. I thought, man, I could do this. But I realized soon, junior year, shoot, I ain't going to be in school forever. (laughs) I'm going to graduate and I want to continue these skills. So the only way I need to continue my skills was to start my own podcast. And that was when Autism Rocks and Rolls was born. So that was the podcast part. But as far as your event, I was kind of expecting your podcast to be the way yours is. Like a few downloads here and there and whoop de doo Little did I know, though it grew into something big because we started getting sponsors. We got a board of eight, and then we started playing events and the they, like other events that were successful. And then I started doing that international motivational speaking. People started hearing the message where I spoke in Oklahoma, Orlando, Washington, D.C. Now, the event you were talking about earlier, we're having an ARAR Summerfest at a pumpkin patch concert venue. It's a pretty cool place. I love it. It's called the Fowler Pumpkin Patch. It's a wedding barn, but during the sun it kind of turn into an outdoor concert venue. It's pretty cool. But we're having live music with the All Access fan in at Indiana, Indianapolis, to Zone, Duke Tomato, and having a lot of fun festivities and a adult scavenger hunt.
0: What's involved in an adult scavenger hunt?
1: Well, it's basically like, so you're going to go in the scavenger hunt, right? You're going to find We I mean, were going to do like a stuffed animal scavenger hunt, but then I realized that wouldn't work. So it's going to be like a duke tomato scavenger hunt almost so we're, we're gonna do songs that represent him so tie you up it'd be a wooden little guy and if you find the wooden little guy you win your prize and that could be something as small to a gift card at a restaurant or an ultimate prize which we're still trying to find
0: yeah yeah that's that, that's amazing man yeah i know like when i started this podcast it was i uh i didn't have anybody that i could speak to you know, like I didn't have people that had gone through like horrible situations um, that I felt comfortable speaking to from like a vulnerable place, you know, of like, this is how this is making me feel or, you know, whatever. And so instead of doing the smart thing and in, in, uh, starting therapy, I started a podcast. And it was um, literally just to try to have conversations with people that had gotten successful. To find out how they made it through you know like the times of war in their life and so for me this has always been something of i need the story to be interesting for me you know and it's it's never been about like trying to get numbers or anything like that it's 100 does the story interest me and do i feel like that this can actually help somebody in the future you know, towards you, your podcast is the same sect or exact same premise, you just blew up and now you're traveling all over doing, like you said, doing these speaking engagements and everything like that. What is that like starting off as, you know, like you're just a dude hanging out, you know, with like a microphone and a laptop trying to, to start this hobby and it, it blows up into what it is today. And he's gone. Sam. Sam Mitchell.
1: I'm here. Don't worry. My technology.
0: (laughs) It's the internet, man. It happens all the time.
1: Technology. Gotta love it some days. But I heard your question about how I like figured out from going from here to here. Uh, It was very unexpected. Because this was mainly just to be something for me. Like just very therapy, telling a few people there, hey, here and there, you're doing great. These are my stories. Let me tell you why these are important and why these behaviors happen. If I, the goal was to make one person happy, so if I could change one person's life, I'm happy. But I think I've done a little more than that, which I said was very unexpected. But it's so weird in so many unexplainable ways because for 15 years, No one was listening to me. That was the war I was battling. Heck, and I still battle it. I'm still bleeding almost from gunshot wounds. And when I say gunshot wounds, I mean the exclusion, bam, bam, gunshot wounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost.
0: So I'm
1: still bleeding, but I'm still helping, and I'm bleeding less. The cracks in the armor are now kind of fading.
0: So how big has your podcast gotten to this point?
1: 15k downloads my friend that but that's the prizes because from society's view I was never meant to be a guy in the autism community I was never meant to be someone who was supposed to do something good for the role I was even meant to probably go to school but -hmm. yet here I am
0: yeah and 50k is just the start you know like once you start getting those numbers they start doubling and tripling and and you're going to find yourself doing a lot more speaking engagements and, and being able to touch a lot more people and, and help a lot more people. Do you feel like there's any pressure on you at all, almost as if you are like a uh, a spokesman for the autism community?
1: Oh, yeah, but there's a lot of people out there who are else spokesman community, but here's the kicker. I love being an advocate for autism, but I want to do more than that. I want to be an advocate for mental health, an advocate for alcoholism and advocate for any other condition too. So for me, what separates me from others really isn't autism because they just do autism. I do autism plus other conditions.
0: Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's clear that you're very good at what you do, you know, like this is obviously something you're going to continue doing, um, like on the professional side. Um, let's kind of like dive into the personal side uh, of your story a little bit. Um, so you've, you've graduated high school and you've started this podcast and you're starting to gain a following. What goes through your mind when you're having these interviews and before you hit upload, is there any fear of, you know, judgment or just, just anything along those lines? Cause I don't, even for myself, I, I had this, I have this project I've been working on for months. It's basically done. I am terrified of putting it out. Um, just because of the subject matter and it's it's uh, one of my very close friends is a trans man and we got like three cameras lights wireless mics like did the whole thing set it up I edited it. And I'm terrified of putting it out because of the backlash of you know like what people will say or is this going to affect me in law school next year and having like all these like doubts that I know are not real. But they're very real to me. Do you experience that at all? Or are you able to just kind of like set that aside and allow you to be who you really are?
1: Uh yeah, I would say so. It's hard to do that though some days still because I like I said, I still live in the past. The past ain't going away. I've tried to bury it, but it's just not gonna happen.
0: Do you uh do you have to go through a process daily? Um, like, are you able to just like wake up and start your day or do you have like a checklist of things that like, all right, I wake up, brush my teeth, make the bed, you know, like journal, set my intentions. Do you have like a, a set list that you go through on a daily basis to kind of make yourself comfortable or is it just kind of by the seat of your pants?
1: Some I'm seat the pants, but let me just show you something. This might answer your question. I think a little visual aid might help you out here. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's see if I can find a way to turn the camera. Nope, I cannot. All right, here I'll show you. Does this answer your question?
0: <laughs> Perfectly, yeah.
1: That's my uh little get to do list. So recently, I've had a lot of like medicine. So the XR shortage with Adderall, uh, it's a pain in the butt to deal with. And if I don't have that, I'm bouncy, like pretty bouncy, and it is a sea of the pants, but I hate it. Absolutely hate. It. I'm like no, we need to have at least, I need to know what to do for the day. I need, I don't have to have a Mr. Routine. I used to be like that where you can't tell me if we're going to Walmart and you change it. No, nah, I used to be like that, but not anymore. I'm pretty laid back with stuff that aren't important to me. But when it comes to some stuff that that are very important to me, like the podcast, my job, education, and my family, no, all hands are off on that.
0: Mm-hmm. So how, do, how are you able to change that of, of not getting upset when plans change? Because that, that's not something that just happens overnight. You know, that's a lot of self-work that you had to do. What did you have to uh, to do to be able to kind of make that change or manipulation of your personality?
1: Well, with stuff I'm not laid back on, like those three things, with the three things I mentioned earlier, I'm not. I panic still. If one of those three things screw up. Now, clearly they don't. I'm very tedious and kind of strict on it. But when something like traveling and the and the plane delays, I I'm pretty bad at it when it comes to like a work trip. Like if I'm traveling to Florida to speak. Yeah, I'm not I'm not pretty comfortable with that. I panic with that. But if it's a vacation I'm pretty chilling because I've learned we don't need to be there. If we need to be there, then it's a whole different ballgame. But yeah. if we don't need to be there, there's no point in stressing.
0: Yeah, I feel like uh, this is definitely something that that can that can help some people uh potentially even myself. You spoke about um traveling for a work trip and kind of like feeling the the weight of that, you know, like the pressure and, you know, like it, it is important what how are you going through that? And kind of because anybody can come up with an excuse to push something off to not do something um you know like there's a million different things that you can do what do you specifically do to overcome that stress and anxiety to even get on the plane let alone coming up to stepping onto the stage being mic'd up in front of thousands of people in and having these conversations
1: it's it's pretty easy once you learn that after you don't care to think of you with within reason i i don't think within reason clearly but I think that's my own family, too. Sorry, but not really. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, with not caring think of you, once you get to that point and you can block the thoughts of, oh, he, this guy is sleeping through my speech because he's bored. Who cares if he's bored? There might be someone else who is, like, mind-blown. Focus on that more, man. So is this a Focus cognitive- on the
0: Mind-blowers. This sounds like it's something that yeah. you had to oh, work on.
1: A... It, it is. Oh, it is. I used to be a people pleaser. And if I didn't please them enough, I'd go even further. But then I realized people pleasing wasn't getting me anywhere. I went the other way. And once I did, I don't know how to explain it, but a weight was lifted off my shoulders.
0: It's it's crazy hearing you say these things because going through like a like a 12-step program, you learn a lot about people pleasing and manipulation of other people and and things like that. And and I found out that um, throughout that process that I was also a people pleaser, that it was, I had no self-worth. So my worth was what could I do to make you happy? Like, what can I give you? And a lot of times that put me in a position to where I would have less than just to give you more so that way I could feel kind of like more important. Um, and that's that's a lengthy process of, of working through and something that I'm still dealing with today. And it sounds like you were able to, to recognize it and just be like, all right, you know, like I did this, now I need to stop. Was it as simple as that? Or, or is it a longer process, do you feel like?
1: It's a longer process, I think, to get to where I was and where you can be. But once you get there, you feel so good because you worked your butt off and it's just like oh my goodness you feel like you're on top of the world
0: yeah so does do a lot of these problems or i want to say problems do a lot of uh the issues that you feel like with anxiety and, and things like that um do they creep into your personal relationships when like meeting somebody new or trying to go out on a date um you know anything like that nature
1: oh yeah i have real bad social anxiety. And every time I socialize, you got to leave me the heck alone for five minutes. I need some mental prep for that. And I still have to mental prep for a lot of things. I have to mental prep for mock speeches that I do. And I do one Wednesday. So that's an example right there. I had to prep for an outing with my best friend who I've known and trust and not trust because I have trust issues as well, but known and loved for since, since you we were diapers. I still have to mental prep.
0: I, f- I guess I'm just trying to find because I feel like everybody could use these tools, you know, like taking five minutes of just like, All right, this is what I'm doing and this is what I'm about to go do and, and setting your intentions and things like that. It feels like you're not really doing anything like severely different than a person that hasn't been diagnosed with autism. So I guess I'm just trying to figure out like what really is the difference because it, it, it seems like well, could, very very tune. Well, I- yeah, I hear
1: that a lot. And I'll tell you that. So the difference is I've heard this a lot. and You're going to hear this many times with high level functioning on the spectrum or some people call it level three. I believe that um, we are very capable of understanding, but when you live with me, you'll be like, Oh, okay. For example, my apartment, we don't, I'm not the biggest, I'm not Mr. Mop. So I'm not saying I'm a clean freak, But I'm not not saying I'm a dirty freak, but I can't tell, okay, is this dirty enough to clean my house? Or is it or can it wait a week? True. Or I can't and I can't cook an egg. I've tried cooking. The the problem is the darn freaking recipe books ain't specific enough. They say turn the preheat the oven. Pre okay, preheat it to what? I mean, you can say preheat at 350 degrees, but then they say pour it all and batter and then do this and then do this on one step no they need to be more specific so maybe it says whisk eggs pour milk stir it up no it needs to be step one put the eggs in step two pour the milk in step three whisk it up don't combine it all one step be very specific and let's take one thing at a time here
0: so do you feel like I, i feel like i'm kind of getting a better understanding of this if you were to have the same set of directions written down or a video of it being done, would you be able to like with the video pick it up instantly, being able to see it and hear it? If you
1: if they edited the if they edited a how to video, no. But the how to video was live and there was no edits or cuts, sure.
0: All right. All right. Yeah, no, this is just so interesting to me. It's and I and I don't really mean interesting. It's just it's uh it's a it's a very different conversation. Um so there's there's a, f- a few more things that I want to kind of bring up and then I can let you go here in a little bit, but bullying is something that I wanted to talk about. Um because I know you know like I'm 38. So I grew up like when we were playing games that you're not even allowed to say what they are anymore, you know, like at recess of school and like holding people's arms and having you run into them and try, like we had people's breaking arms all the time. And like school in the nineties was just insane. And so we, it was not uncommon to bully the person that was different. Um, It it was actually very common. Um, And so looking at it now, I, I'm not proud of it at all. Um, and I realized that a lot of the reasons why I was doing it is because I was being bullied for being the poor kid. Um, you know, like I, I didn't, I wasn't able to go to a lot of the things the other kids went to, or, you know, play the sports they did and hang out and go to the parties and things like that. Cause we didn't have the money. And so my way of trying to feel like I fit in was to bully people who I felt had less than I did. Um, or that had like issues or characteristics that were different to me. I got to believe that you've experienced that at some point in your life. And I'm just curious how that affects you like then and how that affects you now.
1: Okay. Well, first of all, I admire the fact that you admit that because I know there are lots of boys that will not. But yeah. second, to go back to your question, as I said, I still live in that past. And in those days, I feel worthless. I feel like I did back in sixth grade, which was like shit.
0: Mm -hmm. Does it still happen? Like, do you ever worry about going into a social situation and being singled out and being like the blunt of jokes? Um, Does that ever cross your mind? Or are you very okay with, um, you know, who you are and, and you don't have to worry about those things?
1: Oh, I still worry about those things, but it's happened a lot. Even my buddies, sometimes they'll still mingle me out unintentionally. And it's not on purpose. I know that. But still, it's like, guys, you guys know I've been excluded for 15 years. Come on now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that has to suck. Um, What is dating life like for you?
1: Well, I mean, I believe in raw, authentic dating. So I am single. So I and there's a lot of people out there. With socializing on the autism spectrum that like it and don't like it because there's a lot of drama involved. And my issue with the date is there's a lot of trust and involved. I have trust issues as well. So, and I'm just, I, and I get nervous, like typical feelings, but I believe in, like I said, growing organically. So I need to know you for a while. If we're going to take our relationship to the next level.
0: Sure. Yeah, it seems like we've kind of gotten in a in a day and time to where you can meet somebody just by swiping right or left and end up in their bed four hours later and immediately jump into a two-year-long relationship when in reality you had no idea who that person was at all. You only know their intentions was to have fun for that night. And so it, it doesn't seem like your way of, of thinking is by any means wrong. It, it's almost like the proper way of doing things. You know you you go back to like the 50s and 60s like um our grandparents and great-grandparents like they never got divorced they had very long courtships and they realized that the person that they're picking is also like their partner in war you know in, in the battle of life and so going through that organic growth is is a very good thing have you been able to find any relationships that you've been a part of that that just didn't work out or are you very kind of like picky or, or standoffish when it comes to those?
1: And I'm nitpicky, but I'm not going to, but I'm not picky when it comes to your look. I'm picky when it comes to your personality. If you're, I can care less if you're slim, curvy, thin with meat, or even overweight. I don't care. As long as you're got a good heart and a good soul, I'll look at that. And then let's see what we have in common. And if it takes off,
0: it takes off. Yeah. I gotta imagine through the podcast and oh excuse me, the your your speech your speaking engagements and your social media presence and everything, I, I gotta feel like it's brought some attention to you, you know, like that you may not have expected. Um, can you kind of walk me through the process of of starting to gain notoriety? and have people know who you are and be able to speak vulnerably about the things that you witness and experience
1: well gain notoriety i'm not a guy who likes to brag about that just because i mean i don't consider it notoriety. i consider it just a person i guess i don't know what word but consider like word definition just a person wants to do something good so I guess a humanitarian. I guess that that's the fancy word they're using these days. So I just like to consider myself a humanitarian, and I'm just trying to do something good in my little part of the community, and that's yeah. still the goal to this day. Even if the even though if I lose lose listeners in Los Angeles, the, but the community still that has my back, then we're good. Heck, if my fam, if my parents are the only two listeners for now, I'm okay with that because it's helping them out.
0: Yeah. So let's start, let's let's talk about the actual process of starting the podcast. And then uh, another question I think that I got lined up for you because I've had a lot of people ask, you know, like um, you can go on Facebook and there's all sorts of podcasting groups and it seems like everybody wants to know what mic you're supposed to have and you know, the best editing software and all this stuff. When in reality, you, you just have to start with what you have. Um, what was the process for you like of of starting and publishing your first episode?
1: Well, I had to figure out what I wanted to do because I wanted to take it off the right way, but I didn't want to go into a big basis. Yeah, I didn't want to start on a topic because I really wanted to just be like, all right, hey guys, how you guys doing? My name's Sam, great to meet you. But you know, a way to do that. So I just thought, well, let's just introduce ourselves. So I introduced it. I wasn't as nervous, but I had a very monotone voice and I still kind of do but I, as if you listen to the first one back to the latest one, i definitely have evolved with more energy and more ideas
0: mm-hmm. as
1: well. So we can put it that. But that went well. What I do with that is I use Audacity and I kinda of known that since in the media club, that's what we use. So I kind of continue the tradition. Sure. And it works great. Love Audacity. Save it and up. It's free. And then yeah, it really is. Everything's better free. Put yeah. it down. Public Publish it in Podbean. Wait to load. Come up with a catchy title, catchy description. And I like to schedule them because I don't want to really wait for the YouTube video because I also do YouTube videos with the audio and the video now, like video of the interviews. I used to not, but now I do. Okay. So that's what I do. I like to schedule them one in the morning. And that's for people in the countries who are want to listen to it but can't because it's either A, Because in the world, like it's daytime here. It's nighttime in Australia. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's an example. I like to also give them a chance. So I figured the way to give them a chance is let them have first dibs. So we're going to have them go first. And then when it's our turn, when we start waking up in the morning, eat our breakfast, you can listen to the podcast too. And if you want to wait at 1 a.m., whatever it is, hey, that's your call. But I like to give people – I like to give everyone a chance. It's very diverse and inclusive
0: sure so is it just you because i know throughout my journey um like the logo that i have um i'm not an artistic person if if you give me a pen and a paper i can write very well i can write a story but i cannot draw to save my life so i had to go to fiverr um and you know pay somebody like 50 100 bucks or whatever for like the the drawing i severely overpaid for it um and still trying to figure out like intro music and you know like there's all these things that like i feel like constantly change that having somebody else like somebody else's input or having somebody else bring something to the table is beneficial Uh, but there's also something to say about doing it all yourself so is everything you because you're not just the audio you're not just the youtube you have the website and on your website it's very informational um you know it's not like my website's very simple it's just a a basic podcast website it's where yours gives out information um you know dates of upcoming events calendars and and things like that so it definitely feels like a full-time job if it is just you
1: Uh, i know it's not i have a team i I couldn't do if it was just me i would probably screw something up too bad but i have a team (laughs) the board helps out i have people i can go to if i need a question the new website that was done by someone we have and what's cool about the logo you're talking about is that was not my first logo my first logo was like ordinary picture i found on google well it got boring, and we evolved so my mentor who was also my media co-advisor kind of elevated the design a little bit and now i have a logo and what's cool is when i was a little kid for some reason one of my special interests for a periodic time was logos I love logos like I thought they were pieces of art I thought they were cool and I thought man wouldn't it be cool to have my own logo and my own business now I do I I have my own logo and a business what the heck
0: yeah it's amazing man um how did you go about getting like the board of advisors in and this this team to help you because that doesn't just fall in your lap traditionally it's something you have to like go out and work for and find
1: uh you're right it didn't but it kind of did fall on my lap so our two board members the president and the vice president just wanted to help out and they supported me fully but then the board we also started asking people around we had a couple of connections we used and then i did utilize my grandfather who's a big supporter he's also on the board because i knew even though he's my grandfather and they don't like family being on i knew he it would, it would be fair a and b i wouldn't feel I wouldn't still feel I wouldn't comfortable if I had a family member. I probably would not be doing it because I needed a net of safety.
0: Sure. Yeah, no, that, that definitely makes sense, especially when you're dealing with business, because it seems like everybody has an angle, everybody. It's, you know, going into law school I'm learning a lot about contracts and the contract, the first look, it can be amazing, but there could be one line in there that completely screws you over and you realize that it's because it's business. And it's all about trying to get the most points on your side so i can 100 percent see why you would want a family member on your side it's very smart to do um yeah so how else has the podcast affected your life i mean obviously you've been able to to start traveling and, and you've gained this community of people do you feel like it's also given you a like a sense of uh Uh, like confidence or kind of become a part of your personality to to kind of give you a a social boost
1: yeah I think it has because what I want to do is do more clearly because right now in the business I'm they say kiddingly I'm the product like I am the person who is weirdly enough shaping the world and I am but I want more than that I don't want to be the product I want resources out there to help other people
0: okay so what do you have uh, lined up for the future? Like what plans do you have um, for the podcast and for yourself that you have coming up besides the, uh, the, the pumpkin um, project you were talking about?
1: Uh, the pumpkin patch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, well, I know. And hopefully we just my mother, who's also a part of the nonprofit, sent her book and it's going to be part of Autism Rocks and Rolls. So it's kind of my book, too, technically. But we sent our book to Future Horizons, and it's going to be called Journey. And it's going to be about this girl on the spectrum who is obsessed with nature and trees. The storyline, though, is she's giving a tour to children about nature. But she has flashbacks of her childhood that are autism moments.
0: Okay. Is this something that you helped write?
1: Yeah, I, I, I helped out but i but i didn't do the formatting
0: mm-hmm. just kind of like putting down like the basic skeletal ideas of, of things and, and inputs and stuff like that
1: no that was my mother mainly i just kind of added to it and oh, okay. edited it edited critiqued it a little bit
0: yeah, yeah yeah so when does when can we expect to see that coming out
1: that's a good question i have no idea <laughs> That, ask future horizons that that's their that's their question
0: yeah i i've uh I've talked to a few podcast or a few people on the podcast that have had books and the book business seems like it is just so stressful like i I don't understand it at all especially when it gets into audiobooks um but I've also known and worked with people that have written books and published them on Amazon themselves. Um, you know, with zero help, just kind of put them on Amazon and uh, they would be printed and sold or uh, like as they were ordered um, or even uh, just digital copies. And even in just doing that, it's extremely stressful. So so good luck on on trying to get this thing out there. It sounds like it's definitely going to help out a lot of people. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I know I told you about. 45 minutes to an hour, so I'll get you out of here pretty soon. Um, I guess my my biggest question um, or not question is just my biggest curiosity this is kind of two parts, I guess is do you feel like you have a disadvantage? Like do you feel like you're missing out on something? because of autism or has your perspective been you feel like you've been given a gift um because i've I've heard both um and i'm just very curious to see kind of where you land on that
1: well i had missed some opportunities i had missed driving at an early age i mean i got my license but i don't drive because i'm too nervous of killing someone and i feel like there's too much going on i missed the fact that i could cook, i cooked my first meal for my parents i miss experiences i miss prompt I didn't go for two reasons. One, because I knew it would be a pain in the butt deal because of the exclusion, and just my clothes. I don't like wearing a suit and tie. I'm not the guy likes to dress up. I'm gonna stay out of that. So yeah, I missed some experiences. I won't deny it. Mm-hmm. But I've also had some great experiences that not a lot of people could say they've done. In my opinion, they can't say they've sung with the Hair Bangers Ball in Bloomington, Indiana, which is a big, famous local band. If you're from that area. I. They can't say they've hired any's own Duke Tomato They can't say they plan an Autism Rocks Girls Gala and hosted Temple Granded. They can't say that for the majority that they can't say for the majority they've hung out with these big celebrities. They've, they've probably met one or two of them, sure. so they haven't met lots of people with big names.
0: Well, I'd rather well,
1: have that than going to prom.
0: Yeah. And the and the thing is, is it doesn't sound like you're just meeting these people. That's that's one of the great things about this podcast or about the podcasting world is is you get a chance to really have a conversation with these people. And I've I've made countless friends just from my show. Um, like if I go through my phone, like one of the, the closest people that I can chat with is like Mark Coleman and uh, Antonio McKee. And they are legends in the MMA world like hulk hogan status type thing like mark coleman like just legends and now with the uh the merger um with the ufc and the wwe i'm finding that there's actually a lot of crossover and stories and so i've been kind of getting some invites from uh from some of those guys of hey you should have this wrestler on and things like that and so it's you're not just having conversations, um you know, like, hey, how's it going? Thanks for doing this thing. You actually get to make relationships with these people. So it's a lot more meaningful and lasts longer than dressing up in an ugly suit and going and, you know, dancing to some music at a prom or something like that. So that's definitely yeah, amazing. Yeah, I met
1: Nick Foley five times. Like I talked to him once through a meet and greet way before Autism Rocks Girls, two through twice. And then the rest of you autism rocks and rolls because it's sons on the spectrum, and that's a big connection for you. But that's my point right there. I'm not going to go to prom if I can go see Mick Foley and hang out with someone famous. I mean, that's going to get you big, big status. People are like what you hung out with him. People, oh, well, others are like, oh, you just went to high school prom like every other American or the majority of Americans do. Cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Mick Foley is a character in himself. I, I can't even count how many characters he played on TV. But from what I've heard, having conversations with him is is amazing It's where he's a, a real down to earth friendly person. Is that is that how you experience it?
1: Oh, yeah, he, he is. I'll tell you from experience, most humble person down to earth. You'll probably not feel better yourself leaving, but he definitely has a good heart and his and his work right now. He's doing he's kind of reminds me of me almost because after losing like not losing but after leaving we he did something else and they did something else mm-hmm. i'd rather do that like i'm doing a podcast but i want to do something else i to do something else i to do something else so we kind of have the same goals.
0: sure yeah that's also add <laughs> just so you know That's also part of the adhd is always wanting to do something else um but no it's, it's amazing to have aspirations and goals so all right i got two more questions for you solid questions and then uh then i'll let you go um the first one is you were at the beginning of this you were talking about and i believe your website said one in 54 or something like that um but that's changed you said one in 29 or it it was i'm making the numbers up it was right around there um do you feel like there are more people that should get tested um if they they're kind of like afraid of it or they feel like they may be on the spectrum but they're not sure do you feel like there's any advantages or disadvantages to going through that process of of finding out you know if they're on the spectrum or not
1: they're both but i think if you're at an old age i think it'd be kind of cool just to know i think you should get tested period but do you will have some advantages and disadvantages depending on the age one disadvantage probably is you'll miss out on opportunities but what the advantage is is if you find your group trust me it was meant to be mm-hmm. so whether you have alcoholism ocd find the group that you yeah. belong in because i know it might take you to the age at 60 but if you find a group before you die that's enough for me and most people on the spectrum can't live fulfilled lives
0: what, they can't live fulfilled lives.
1: No, they can. They can live oh, okay. fulfilled lives.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. They can okay. live.
1: They can live fulfilled lives. They can live amazing lives. And people who are blind, yeah, they hate it probably that they can't drive or they can't see their lovely family's face. But yeah. they can still do amazing talent. They can still do amazing opportunities.
0: Yeah, definitely. It almost seems like it's a. Uh, so I have a, a very rare form of cancer and i look at it as something that i get to overcome to still do what you do and be better at it than you and it's almost like this thing of like i mean you had a head start you know if it's a mile race or whatever you had a head start in not having this condition and i still beat you you know and so it's kind of something that that i've used as as a a way of fuel instead of feeling like a victim a lot um because i feel like that could be um commonplace in being in getting tested or you know being afraid of it um and so the the last thing that i wanted to to speak about um is probably one of the most informational maybe not um but what would you say the largest difference is between um you know like the the population that is not on the spectrum compared to the population that is on the spectrum and what would you like the the people that are curious about autism to know?
1: Well, I want them to know is, yeah, we think differently. And yeah, we may use some unrealistic solutions and harmful and think out of the box and ideas that are crazy. But aren't we kind of just like you? Because we're both humans, right? A, and mm-hmm. B, even though we think differently, that doesn't mean that we can't collaborate with each other.
0: Yeah. Do you. Uh, is it something that you feel like you need to bring up um, almost like preface when you meet someone?
1: Um, I, I think not really. I mean, a lot of people do just because of the safety net and I get it. But if it happens, I will. If it doesn't. Oh, well. But if they figure, if they have a, like a scratch in the head mouth, I'm like, oh, okay. Hey, this is why I'm on the autism spectrum, man. If this happens, this is why I do it. It's not the fact that I'm weird. I'm on the autism spectrum. I apologize. I can't help it, but it is what it is.
0: That's, that's amazing, man. I, uh, I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Um, very happy you came on. Thank you. Very grateful you came on and, and you're willing to share your story. And, uh, you didn't hold back um you're, you've been an amazing person i'm sure we're going to keep in contact is there um a way you can give out your social medias and um kind of where everybody can find your podcast in that way you can have people reach out to you um, or be able to follow you from this show
1: yeah you could find me on your favorite media platforms spotify pandora youtube if you think i'm there i'm probably there and just google me if really don't google sam mitchell because nothing will pop up but autism rocks and rolls, something will pop up.
0: Okay. All right. I will put all of that in the show notes. Uh, make sure that your website's linked and try to get as much traffic over to you as I can from my side. Um, but again, this has been amazing. Thank you for coming on and uh, yeah. Enjoy the rest of your day, man. And thanks you one more time. All right. Take it easy, Sam.
1: All right man, hey, had a good one, man. Let me know when this comes out, buddy.
0: Yeah, I definitely will. All right. All right. Take All right you take care
1: man. now. Yep. We'll keep there in we touch. Bye bye.